there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, and Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Well, August was a long time ago, Alex, and it is episode number 30 of the year. That means it's time for us to take a summer vacation. The listeners have probably been begging to hear our voices less and less for months now, so we're going to grant that wish. It is the final episode of Season 5. Before we begin, first and foremost, we have to say it. Thanks to everybody that has listened in. Thank you to the Fulling Warehouse, who's been our presenting sponsor this year. We can't uh, thank them enough for their support of the Eastern Insider Podcast. And, of course, the fans and the ones that listen are the ones that make us go forward, so we appreciate that. We hope, again, we've brought you good interviews, good insight from the athletic department here at Eastern Michigan. But, Greg... That's all we're going to say about that because it is an episode. That means we still have things to talk about today. And so let's get right to business. Yeah, we certainly do. A big weekend on and off the field. We'll start with off the field first as EMU held its graduation festivities over the weekend as 60 EMU grads was able to take home their degrees at the George Gervin Game Above Center on Sunday, congratulations to them, representation across the board as they were either earning their bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, whatever it would be, uh, a big time accomplishment and congrats to them joining us as the newest members as EMU graduates. And when you say 60, you're talking 60 student athletes here from the athletic department. So certainly congratulations to the hundreds and thousands that walked across the stage. There were 1,900 eligible yesterday to walk. but. And so congratulations to all those. But of course, we are athletics focused and we also see the time and energy that these student athletes put into their sport to also do it in the classroom. And Greg, as you and I both know, a lot of them do it with honors as well. I mean, these these student athletes have GPAs, a lot of them 3.5 and higher, which is certainly hard to accomplish for anybody, let alone somebody that's going through what they go through in their competition. So congratulations there. 
You said it. It's also a big weekend on the field and off the field in certain sports too, Greg. Let's start real quick with the NFL draft. Of course, that was this weekend, and it was successful for Eastern Michigan. Two players off the board. Sidney So goes in the fourth round. Jose Ramirez goes in the sixth round. Greg, it was the first time since 1977 Eastern Michigan has, mul- has had multiple players drafted. Also worth noting that it's the first time that Eastern Michigan's had multiple players drafted in the draft's current format. Remember, there used to be at one point over 20 rounds in the draft. Uh, the last time in 77 that they had two players drafted, there was 12 rounds in the draft, so more opportunity. It's been seven rounds since, I believe, 1994. And so that's pretty impressive for Eastern Michigan to do that. They were the only school in the conference that had multiple players drafted. And it just goes to show you what this program has continued to build. Yeah, just one of eight non-Power 5 teams to have multiple draft picks. They joined Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, Old Dominion, App State, Boise State, and Tulane. So that's some pretty good company. Uh, Huge congrats to them. Then adding a pair of mini camp invites as well, uh, which Chris Creighton and company now have had 24 since 2015 is Hassan Beydoun and Gunnar Oaks also got calls over the weekend. Yeah, certainly exciting for them. You mentioned some of those teams that had multiple draft picks with Eastern Michigan. I mean, just off the top of my head, you think about Tulane, top 15 team all last season. They won the Cotton Bowl over USC. Houston, Cincinnati, those are not going to be group of five schools after this year anyways. So schools that are really, really well-oiled machines. Eastern Michigan is now competing on that playing field. So if you come to Eastern, there's pro potential, and it certainly is uh, exciting times around Eastern Michigan football. So congratulations to all the student-athletes that had the success and to Coach Creighton and his staff. It really says a lot about what football has been able to do. And then on the baseball field, it was a good weekend as well, Greg, because Eastern Michigan got back on track, a sweep of Niagara. They were out of conference play, three games. They've won five in a row now. Matt Kirk set the school record with four doubles in a game. He now leads the country in doubles yet again. He's three away from obliterating his own single-season Eastern Michigan record in doubles. Matt Kirk, by the way, who's not, again, the Mac Player of the Week. So if Jeremy guys listening, call me. I've got a bone to pick with you. So that's some success on the baseball field as well. And in track and field, 29 top five finishes as they closed out their outdoor regular season, getting ready for the Mac championships coming up in a few weeks. That's not all that's going on either because right now we've got championships going on. Yeah, right now men's golf is in action. They're at Cranebrook and Alabama battling for what they hope to be a MAC championship. Uh, you can catch ESPN coverage today as well as tomorrow down from the great state of Alabama. And we also want to mention it was EMU lacrosse getting their first MAC victory uh, yesterday against the Titans of Detroit Mercy. Congratulations go out to them for getting that kind of monkey off their back. I know they were so close a few times this year for multiple wins, but they're going to start coming because this group returns a lot next year. Oh, I mean, there was over 30 freshmen on this year's team. They certainly do return a lot. A nice 17-12 to 12 victory over Detroit at Cicluna Field yesterday. There was more that went on, too. Greg, have to congratulate Rowing for their good performance here on Ford Lake on Saturday. And then um, there's just so much going on as well. I already mentioned track and field, but certainly a busy, busy weekend as we can continue. Spring sports, all of a sudden, though, starting to wind down. Yep, starting to wind down. We have some game coverage coming up for you, but we are starting to wind down to emueagles.com and Eagle All Access. will have coverage of EMU baseball against Concordia uh, coming up tomorrow night at 6 p.m. That's a Tuesday start. 
baseball on the road this weekend there in Mount Pleasant for a critical series. And then you get us down the stretch a lot. The 19th, uh, 20th, 21st, we'll have the series finale of the season, but we also have the week prior, the Kent State series. You can watch that on emueagles.com as well as your Eastern Michigan Athletics mobile app as we've got seven games down the stretch. That's a lot from us in this Open. Greg, we mentioned it. It's the last episode of the season, and we've got a very special guest today. It's Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Weatherby. We like ending the season with him because ultimately you and I can give our opinions from what we see in this department, but no better person to talk about what is actually happening behind the scenes than Scott Weatherby, who's finishing up his sixth season at the helm. And Greg, I think listeners are going to be really interested in this conversation because you and I left it and we actually kind of, once we stopped hitting record, said, man, Scott gave some really candid answers in that podcast. He holds no punches in this podcast. He tells you all about his expectations moving forward and what was good from this year as well. Yeah, we touch on a wide range of topics, the impact of football, uh, the graduation success rates at the university, how they've become a better campus partner, uh, working on improvements to facilities, but then uh, we'll also touch on some disappointments of the year as well. And he admits there has to be more winning in, in spots. There has to be more winning. You want it. We want it. He wants it. Good content coming your way. Greg, I don't know if we missed anything. A good reminder, though, again, thank you to everybody that's listened throughout the season. There'll be more to come. Don't you worry. If you get bored during the summer, you want to listen to anything back, you can go to emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you find your favorite podcast and listen to all the episodes from season five and all the way back if you really want to from the previous years on demand. Thanks for everything and listening all year. We'll see you when we come back to you in August to get set for another year of EMU Athletics. You already know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan gives you access to the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. What you may not know is that with our 24-hour nurse line, online visits, whole health support, urgent care, and more, you can access the care you need whenever and wherever you need it, giving you the confidence in knowing that you're covered anytime, anywhere. We're here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. As we close out the 2022-23 season, we thought no better person than go to the man himself at the top. EMU Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Weatherby, year number six in the books. What a year it's been. Lots of great moments, great memories. Uh, how would you say year six has been for you? Yeah, it's a, one, it's amazing that it's gone by this quick uh, with six years. Um, but it's been a it's been a it's been an up and down year. We've had a lot of exciting things. Uh, obviously, the excitement uh, with, with our football program and getting to nine wins and the most wins in 35 years and winning a bowl game and um, going out to Arizona State and hosting uh, a, a lot of our fans and winning that game. Um, so that part of it was just uh, was was a lot of fun and excitement, and we're trying to build off that with the you know, a, a good recruiting class. And uh, obviously the draft this past week uh, was just great for us and, and the publicity for it and just really proud of what they're doing. Um, but then obviously our um, track and fields uh, have continued to do well and uh, excited about the uh, upcoming outdoor uh, season to see kind of where we finish. But, um yeah, but we've also had some other challenges in, in some of our other areas that, you know, we're going to continue to improve and enhance. And I think we spent a lot of time this year 
um, working on enhancing the facilities. Again, it's facility improvement over my six years has been a real priority. Uh, and now the focus is going to be like, let's let's start turning the corner in some of these other sports and start winning, winning some more. Yeah, you mentioned it, 18 MAC titles in your time. You've got the two indoor titles already this year, trying to add two more to get you to 20 in your tenure. But hosting a MAC trophy, being able to go to the other building and even this building now and change the number and lead the MAC, it's been a special tradition that's been there. And it never gets old either, does it? No, not at all. And I, what's neat about that is every one of our coaches can promote that, you know, and, and talk about that with recruits and show the big trophy. And they come here with the with a goal of changing that number and and making a big deal about it. And uh, so that will continue to be the focus. And I'm glad we've added that uh, into the George Gervin Center as well. Uh, so that we have it so people see it every day and know that we do have the most uh, championships in the MAC, and we need to pound our chest and be excited about that and uh, continue to see if we can uh, make that gap bigger as opposed to uh, less uh, along the way. We'll talk ups, we'll talk downs. While we're on the topic of football and the high that that provided this year, let's talk a little bit more in depth from that, from the chair that you sit in. Everybody knows when you win a bowl game, when you have draft picks like we did, it's great publicity. It's great for social media. It's great for recruiting, as you've already mentioned. From your chair, though, what kind of momentum can a football season and really the entire year that they've put together have um, from the things that you're most concerned about? Fundraising, overall engagement from the university, all those types of things that the average person that's listening or even Greg and I may not understand how important that is for an athletic department. Yeah, I feel, um, you know, one of the biggest areas that helps is across campus and um, helping with pride for your university. We're trying to help with enrollment. We're trying to help with retention. And to me, winning helps that and um, putting a good product out to where our students on campus want to come over and watch and they're engaged and be a part of that. Um, so those types of things are where, as an athletic director, um, when I'm going to meetings on campus, the conversations are a lot better and, and people are asking about football or, you know, I'm getting text messages over the weekend like, oh, so-and-so just got, and it's from people in, on campus, uh, not just not just our donors and, and, and our uh, alumni. And Obviously, you mentioned the the fundraising side of things. It sure helps the conversation when you can sit down and talk about these draft picks and how we're turning out really good young men in our football program, young ladies in other in other sports as well. Um, so that helps me uh, in in a lot of ways um, to show the things that we have done. Right, we've we've talked about building the student athlete performance center. when I first got here, got the approval, we built it. And we said, if we build it, well, it'll help recruiting. It's going to help win ball games. And guess what? It's actually now starting to happen. It takes a couple of years to make that happen. Uh, and so we got to continue that. And we want to do that in all of our sports. And that's why we've put a lot of money into the George Gervin game above center. And, um, and then other areas. I mean, we're getting ready to redo the Bowen track uh, indoors. And uh, looking forward to getting that project done. We're working on doing things in gymnastics and the new locker room there. Lacrosse has gotten started with their new field with soccer. So there's a lot of projects that we've gotten done 
uh, over this past year and then a lot more uh, moving forward. And it just helps with those conversations and those relationships. As you, you talk about facility improvements, we, you've certainly done a lot. There are plenty more still on the table. Uh, broke ground on the Golf Performance Center that Game Above has put the money up for. You also have the replacement of the indoor practice facility on the table. But everybody continues to look at what's next. And I know you've got grand ideas. I mean, especially now with West Campus, the transformation with the housing project coming, I know you'd love to try to add facilities there and or really change baseball. But those still also take donor involvement in a lot of ways, too. Yeah, you can certainly, again, you always have to have a plan. And I think uh, we have a West Campus master plan um, you know, that would include a new track and removal of the current track around the football field. Um, another indoor facility um, that we, you know, one, the community needs it just as much as we need it. Um, and there's some financial reasons why you would want to do that. Uh, we're obviously trying to partner with Northwoods League and, and have an opportunity to have professional baseball in the summer here. And um, but we have to make some improvements to baseball stadium and, and do some things there. Um, batting cages and access to stuff. So baseball certainly needs um, needs some help and some work as, as well. So we'll work on that. Um, the housing is a big piece for us and, you know, allowing our freshmen to live on campus and then our sophomores and juniors to live in an apartment complex that's right next to all of our facilities. Um, and I, I just want to transform West Campus and and make it better. And so we have all sorts of ideas and plans and expanding soccer and lacrosse and uh, doing that. And obviously um, just all the sports trying to touch all of them with, with new, with new things. Well, that doesn't even touch the aspect that you made swimming coach Derek Perkins day and year and decade when he was able to get his pool back last week. Yeah, that was, it's been like 18 months, 19 months of darn near two years of being out of the pool you know we had a flood on campus and then it just it just steamrolled from there and i'm glad to get them back in the pool um we've got a um we just repainted everything in there we're still working on getting all the history up we're also working on getting all the old banners up so those are things that we're working on uh we have them now we just got to get scaffolding and get get it all done so uh that'll be all ready uh when our student athletes come back in the fall Real quick, you mentioned the importance of some of the facilities for the community. Of course, there's the opinion, wide-ranging a lot of times, that, well, athletics has these big facilities. All they are is money pits for the university. There's lots of ways, though, that that the university and you specifically subsidize a lot of that cost with involvement from the community. How important are some of those fixes, and what does it offer to the community when you have an indoor practice facility, when you have teams like the USFL here inside Ryan Stadium? What does that do in terms of both revenue, but also just also for the good of the community to have teams in here and be a part of our university community? Yeah, I mean, we talk about community all the time and we want our student athletes to go out and and do stuff in our community. But we also, in return, want them to come to campus. You know, I I want to have our community members, whether it's Washtenaw County or Ipsy or even broader, come to our campus. We want people to be in our dome. We want to put new turf in there and let them play on it and see what we're investing in. Um, and notice that, man, this would be a great place. And then they see a new housing unit going up um, and then have the USFL here. So people are excited about the Michigan Panthers and then the Philadelphia Stars are here. And and I get to go to meetings in Detroit 
to talk about Ypsilanti and to talk about Washtenaw County and why they should extend this way and bring some stuff this way. Um, we have all of our um, softball and baseball facilities that rent all summer. People are here all summer. The other part of it is all of our camps. We have soccer camps. We have volleyball camps. We have basketball camps. We have one of the biggest football camps that you can have. Again, getting more community members here. Um, and then we obviously need to generate some revenue too. And so if there's an opportunity to do, to do that with those partnerships, uh, that's just a kind of a win-win for everybody. Here with Scott Weatherby, you've touched on competition, you've touched on community, and your third C is the classroom. Academic-wise, we're on the heels of graduation. Uh, 60 student-athletes earned their degree yesterday, a great accomplishment for them. But post-pandemic, I know the big thing around college athletics is still taking care of your student-athletes. If you look at the APR numbers that will come out tomorrow, we've seen that trend. A lot of kids are graduating, but a lot of kids have also decided maybe college and I have to move on. How do you work and navigate through this delicate balance of, of now of watching the, the grades as well as caring about your kids? Yeah, it, it is a, a, a real life balance. Um, and we try to work uh, very strategic. We have care teams um, for our for basically all of our student athletes and we kind of get together and, and we talk about each of our teams and where, where people are at. And um, yesterday is one of the greatest days those kids can have, right. And, and to graduate. And what's really been interesting is the shift of how many are getting postgraduate degrees now because of COVID they've been in school an extra year, have had the opportunity to get a master's degree. Uh, we have a number of our student athletes getting getting master's degrees as well, which is just just phenomenal. And and we try to do have an emphasis. Our academic support team, SAS, does a great job. Elizabeth and her team, uh, and we're trying to help support them. And then we also have our mental health side of things. And uh, we did um, thing called the program this year for seven or eight of our uh, teams took advantage of that. And again, just leadership building and. Uh, how can we help them uh, throughout the season uh, to one maintain grades, but then they're also doing 20 hours a week of, of being in their sport uh, and and managing everything else that life's thrown at them. And so we try to do a really good job of balancing that, and we're continuing to try to enhance that. You have speakers come. Um, you know, we're certainly trying to help them get jobs. So you know whether. Um, we're doing life skills programming and those things. And those are things that we're going to continue to wrap up even more uh, over the next few years and has to be a focus for us as well. You've got to welcome some firsts to campus as well this year. It's been a big year in, in a lot of different areas. One of those areas is finally lacrosse getting on the, the playing field and getting able to do that. Fittingly, yesterday they get the first MAC win as the season comes to a close here at home as well. Um, and then in addition to lacrosse, you've also – Really, this year dove into establishing and starting to run a lot of DEI programming here mm -hmm. at the university. And there's a connection there because of Sarah Tisdale, the head coach for lacrosse, who handles a lot of that. Talk a little bit just about the sport offerings first, and just yeah. getting lacrosse that process finally onto the field because it's been it's been a couple of year process and initiative. Yeah. And then also what you've been doing behind the scenes with Sarah and so many others here to really make an impact on the student athletes and what benefit that's had. Yeah. Uh, well, one, I, I was super excited. Uh, you know, <clears throat> we had Alicia uh, start us off with our lacrosse program and uh, she had to make some life decisions and, and, and not stay. And then had the opportunity to go get 
uh, and I say steal or take uh, Sarah away from Central Michigan after winning a MAC championship, and I wanted to go get one of the best. And really glad uh, that she decided to come be an Eagle and to lead our program. And it's tough to imagine that you would have, you know, 33 freshmen, you know, first year players and, you know, a couple of grad transfers and that's it. And to go out uh, and I'm glad they were able to get get their first Mac win and kind of use that as a springboard for for next year and, and future years. So really excited about lacrosse. It, like you said, it's been four or five years in the making and we finally uh, took off and I'm really happy uh, where we're at there and we got them a new locker room and uh, we got the turf done uh, this past summer, uh, little hiccups here and there, but we got it done. And uh, so excited about that. And then on the other side, you know, that what Sarah brings to the table is, um, is in our discussion, she just is really passionate about, uh, you know, just diversity. And, um, and so we talked with our people on campus and Doris Fields is just phenomenal. Our interim director of diversity, equity, inclusion on campus had her be a part of the process to meet with Sarah and realize that we could really partner with campus to do a lot of things. And so with that, we have somebody that can actually help us focus where um, we can build committees. So we've built committees and trying to get feedback from our staff, from our coaches, from our student athletes on what are things we should be talking about? What are things that we should be doing? Um, and from that, we've had multiple speakers. You know, we've had one in the one speaker in the fall. We actually had a campus partnership. Uh, we called it a consent event with an ice cream social after it and uh, talking about consent. And uh, that I thought that was just went over really well with our student athletes to get them all here and, and be involved. And again, that's just going to grow. Again, we're we're developing champions outside of just in on the court, right, or in uh, on the field or in the pool. And we're trying to do this. This is a lifelong thing that we're trying to build. And DEI uh, programming and having somebody oversee it that is passionate about it, that talks about it every day, that she comes and meets with me once a month on this is what I want to do. Anything you want to bring, what, what should I be doing? And I'm, I'm an ally in this and trying to do what I can uh, to be supportive. And we're going to continue to do more and more as that moves along. Um, and so just really excited. And I appreciate our staff. I mean, we, you know, you, as you guys know, the Mac puts on, you know, once a month, they'll have uh, DEI training and, and different topics and you can get certifications and you get on there and there's anywhere from 60 to a hundred people on in every time we're 30%. Our staff is 30%. There's, there's 12 schools in our, and there's actually affiliate members that are on there as well. And we have 30% of them and we should only have eight. And so I'm really proud of our staff for uh, taking initiative and wanting to do it. And, and I'll be really disappointed. We don't win the DEI Mac award this year. It's something that we've all strive for because we feel like uh, at a place like Eastern Michigan, we should be, you know, number one in that. Uh, our, that's how our population is and our student body. And, and uh, so we need to reflect that. Last year, it was the summer of change uh, around the NCAA. You saw uh, conference realignment. You saw programs come and go. But the MAC has continued to, to lead stability in that category. How do you continue to see the future happen with the Mid-American Conference continuing to stay as a tight-knit group? And uh, offering more and more sports is something that, that people want to do, but also becomes a money problem as well, because 
the pot is only so big. Yeah, and it, it's a, you know, when you talk about that that side of it, you know, Eastern Michigan has 19 sports, 500 student athletes. That's the most uh, in the Mid-American Conference. And uh, so there are challenges budgetarily to that. And, um, you know, we're in it for opportunities. You know, we want to give opportunities and be able to do that. But you also want them to be successful and be able to succeed in doing that. I think we're uh, the MAC is special. Um, you know, we're a bus league that we can get to everybody uh, for the most part. And uh, the athletic directors are very well aligned. And I think, you know, um, John Steinbrecher does a great job in leading our conference. And uh, we work closely with him. He keeps us in the loop. You know, we're hurting that we're losing Jeff Bacon, uh, his number two, who's going to go be a conference commissioner himself. But um, I like our conference. Um, we've added a lot of new athletic directors. I'm the third most tenured now, which is just absolutely mind blowing. Uh, but I do think we have a great group um, that really has the best interest of the MAC. And we're not all just trying to look to go somewhere else. We're really like, how can we work together to make the whole brand better? And how can we help each other uh, to get better? So I, I like where our league is. I don't see any, um, you know, additions or any changes, uh, anything forthcoming. I think the bigger focus now is what is the MAC going to look like with the transformational committee and some of those requirements that we have from, um, you know, future things and mental health and um, medicine and everything else that that's gone along with it. So I think that will be what our focus will be in our next meetings uh, over the next couple of years. Spending a few more minutes here with Scott Weatherby on the Eastern Insider podcast. Scott, we've talked a lot about the positive things. Don't want to get too negative here, but it is another important day today because basketball season tickets are back on sale as people are listening to this podcast today. The first question a lot of people are going to have is, what happened last year? It was yep. not the success on the court for either team that necessarily everybody wants. But I know that you're confident that things are going to move forward in the right direction yep. with the teams that we have in place. Yeah, no, I, I I feel good about where our basketball programs are. I certainly nobody's more disappointed than I was over the last year um, on, on really on both sides. I mean, I had higher expectations uh, for both men and women. You know, on our men's side, if you really look at, um, we had everybody transferring in. They're coming in, and for the most part, August. You know, we had obviously uh, Amani's arrest, uh, which which caused you know some issues, and and you're trying to get everybody to come together new. And uh, it was a great recruiting class and a lot of talent. But they were all 18, 19 years old, and first time really getting together and playing. And getting them to understand the system and, um, you know, it was kind of feast or famine. It was just really uh, different. And then you saw how we played against Michigan to start mm -hmm. the season. And so then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, a, a, this is going to be a fun ride. And it just didn't pan out that way. You know, and then sometimes momentum happens and or lack of momentum happens uh, and you have distractions and other things. And, and. Um, so it was tough on everybody and I feel like, and nobody wants to prove anybody else wrong more than Stan. Like when you talk to him, he's like, you know, people calling like, is he going to go to the NBA? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? And Stan's like, there, I absolutely am here to fix this. And I'm not happy with what happened this past year. And I'm all in to make, make the changes necessary to make sure that, you know, we get to a MAC championship. And, and so I'm excited about that side of it. Obviously, Coach Castro and I have had a lot of conversations 
Um, I love the way our women play. They play hard. They're, I enjoy watching uh, how hard we play on defense, and now we got to figure out how to uh, get those last few buckets to get us over the top. Um, we only lose, you know, two players, and then he's got a couple of people coming in uh, that I think can really help us. So excited about where you know the this is going to kind of play out, and uh, we want to get to Cleveland and have a chance to to win a championship and start to get that momentum back. And I'd say that in some of our other sports too. I mean, it, it's. I feel really good about where soccer is heading right now. He just had a phenomenal recruiting class. Um, this freshman class was pretty good too. Uh, so I think this year you'll see a jump in soccer, and then the following year is is the year. I mean, there's. I think I believe there are three or four of our programs that two years from now we should win it all. Next year we should be in the top four, five, um, and so getting that heading back in the right direction. You know, I think we've spent a lot of time on culture. We spent a lot of time on resources and uh, getting the facilities that we need, taking care of our students, letting them know that we care about them, and them having a great experience. And now, now the focus is with all that and continuing that to start to win. We gotta, we gotta start moving to the top, and we should. We expect our coaches and, and our student athletes and programs to be in the top four. And if they're not competing for championships, then we have to make some adjustments. That's why I wanted to ask the question because I think every one of us is is a fan at some level, right? I mean, yep. but a lot of fans sit around and and their biggest frustration is, well, why isn't it? Why isn't the win happening? And I think it's good for them to hear from you and yep. from everybody in the department that you absolutely have those thoughts too. But there's yep. so many things that go into it, and so just to hear from your chair what that process looks like, what those conversations look like, and if nothing else, by the way, I want you to be the one to tell everybody because rumors have started to fly and they've they've been pretty popular. We all know the investment that's gone into the building that we're sitting in right now, the George Griffin Game Above Center. It's worth buying season tickets next year, if nothing else, for people with cell phones are going to work a lot, lot yeah. better, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, you know, and we we have done, um, you know, a lot to the arena and uh, and we're, we're close to being uh, finished off. But, you know, just the new video boards, uh, updating that. And then now Wi-Fi is actually working in there. And 5G is slowly working, and we're almost done with that project as well. So come this fall, you know, you buy basketball season tickets, you're actually going to be able to be on social media. You're going to be able to interact while you're in the arena. So there's there's a big enhancement there um, as well. And, uh, yeah, people need to know. I mean, I'm a laid-back guy, and I try to stay pretty quiet, and I stay try to stay behind the scenes. But, damn it, I want to win. And and But there's more to it than just winning. And, you know, we have to look at APR. We have, we have to do, we have to talk to, we do exit interviews with our student athletes to find out, you know, how is it in strength and conditioning? You know, how is your sports medicine going? How are academic services going? So we evaluate all of that along with the coaches. And then am I supporting them at the level that I'm expecting? Because not all of them, some people may get frustrated with somebody, but I may not be supporting them as well as we should. And sometimes we have to make those tough decisions. So we have to figure out, we have to figure that out as well. But um, I think everybody right now is, is, is feeling like, Hey, you know, that we're, we're ready to turn this corner now and, and take off because we have everything we need. We have the things that we need to recruit and get those student athletes. Now uh, let's make it happen, whether it's on the court or on the field or in the pool. We greatly appreciate your time, leadership, and everything you do for us and all of our athletic teams. Here's a, to a great rest of the month and uh, a few months to recharge before 
23, 24 gets going when the kids move in at the end of June. It's amazing that it's first first part of May and we're August 1st will be here before we know it and we'll be flying right back into it. So let's finish strong here in May with our our uh, spring sports and uh, and then let's have a great 23-24. Uh, well, you heard it from the man himself, Scott Weatherby. He certainly gave plenty of candid answers, Alex, and you wouldn't want it any other way. It's been a good season. It was a good interview with Scott Weatherby. One more time, thanks for listening. We appreciate all of you emueagles.com slash podcast or wherever you find your favorite show all summer long. Catch up on demand and we'll be back with new episodes starting in August. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.